Hey, welcome back to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. My name is Nathan Resnick and today we have Tyler from Nuclear Networking on. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. I want to start with a fun little question. How did you get the name Nuclear Networking? Because that is a badass name. I really like it. Thank you. <laughs> I worked with one of the gentlemen I was shadowing here in Colorado when I first moved here was actually one of the globally most recognized future speakers. So this is a thing, right? So it's somebody who Sony or some other large companies will fly you in and just ideate on what could your industry look like mm -hmm. if they're robots running everything. And so I was like using him as a thought partner. It's Tom Fry, by the way. Okay. Yeah. And we just came up with it. It sounded powerful and the yeah. domain was available. So, Sweet. Yeah. There you go. If the domain's available, that's a good sign. That's awesome. So I noticed you were number 461 on the Inc. 5000, right? Is that correct? So that's incredible. Congratulations on that. I want to learn about your backstory and your journey to getting to that point because so many entrepreneurs that are tuning in, most of our audience is e-commerce founders or agency owners like yourself. They want to learn about how to grow a business. And so give us a story of how you got to that point of landing at number 461. Sure. Yeah. So when we earned that or won, they send you a magazine certificate, all these things. And then I started realizing, I was like, is this Inc. 5000 or Inc. 500? And then there's actually two different segments of both the top 5% in the nation. So I was like, wow, that's great. I'd say at a 30,000 foot view, focusing on repeatable process, learning what to say no to. And I think one of the things when people are starting and they're bootstrapping a company is saying yes to everything because it's revenue and it's income. Find the things you do really well and even better if you can even further niche down into specific, whether that be making this out plastics or roofing companies or whatever you, you focus on. Niching down is really probably the best way to grow the quickest. Last thing that we really did to ramp up sales quickly was we positioned ourselves as affiliates mm. for people. So helping people provide free value to their client base, whether they buy marketing or not. Uh, one of the ways that we've grown. Makes uh, a lot of sense. I want to dive into, you said saying no, which is often so hard to do as an entrepreneur, right? We get approached with so many opportunities all the time and they all seem so good when you're approached with them and then you dive in and you have to say no. I'm curious, do you remember any of those opportunities that you were like, oh, I should actually be saying no to this instead of spending time and our team's effort to try to make this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some embarrassing moments, I guess, would be going the extra mile to help people with maybe web design and certain mm -hmm. things that we weren't really great at that mm -hmm. time in that favor actually becomes an, an expectation, right? So it's like, no problem. I can help you do A, B, and C or X, Y, and Z. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, this was a part of our agreement and you didn't do it. It's like, actually, <laughs> yeah. it's just me being nice. That's probably one of the main things. Got it. So don't overextend yourself by being too nice. Makes a lot of sense. Before we started recording, we were diving into SEO and how product optimized pages are so important in today's world of SEO. So can you give us just an right. overview of what that actually means? Because so many people listening don't even know what a product optimized page is. Sure. Yeah. So if you are, I guess, just to set the foundation, if you're starting an e-commerce site or you already have one and you're thinking about how do I grow leads, right? How do I start driving more business? These have changed quite a bit. So I'll just speak from an SEO optimization standpoint. It's common that as an example on the other side, what are two common ways to drive traffic? Start. One is paid advertising. So if you're selling products, I see you have a really nice collection behind you of shoes. You're going to hyper-focus on specific audiences, whether that be income vetting or preferences or affinity categories, and you're going to build research 
and that research will dictate how you build out your ad copy, you advertise, right? Maybe you're targeting people on Instagram who also love premium shoe or footwear. Right. And you would drive ads directly to that shoe because that's going to be your best converting point, right? Mm-hmm. Looking for something, you want to drop them off on that page, not to the homepage and expect them to gradually find it. Right. Why aren't we thinking the same way in terms of SEO? Mm. Old school SEO is build a lot of links to the site, which is still helpful, but, and I'm sure you've heard this before too, you just need to blog more. You just need to write more content. Yes, more content is key, but the why is even more important. Mm. If you're writing blogs, those blogs might end up being the thing that ranks or shows up first on Google, which means somebody looking for shoes is going to have to read a story before they can actually find what you're selling. Right. And so what we do instead and what we encourage is writing long form content, which is a thousand words or more about those products that you are selling and putting them on the actual page where they can check out and add to cart. So instead of blogging, just continue writing long form content under these pages in which I want to be the first experience for my customers to see me or my products. Mm-hmm. Right. You might ask, where do I put those? Because I don't want the page to look ugly and just right. have tons of content. You can put it way down below the fold. At the very bottom of the page, you can have right. more information section. Still crawl it, but still a good way yeah. for you to for the bots to know. Right. That's kind of one of the biggest things I've learned there. Yeah, I think something that that's a follow-up question to that. So many e-commerce brands ask, well, should I have a multiple-step checkout or a single-page checkout? And on Shopify... I think it's really hard to have a single page checkout. They have multiple steps with their checkout flow. And I think it's gotten a little better with shop pay and some of their payment integrations. But curious, what are your thoughts on that? Do you see a big conversion lift or does it really depend on the brand if it's a single page checkout versus multiple? Yeah. So I, I think based on how you phrased the question, both agree, but the less clicks, the better. We live in a very distracted society. I diagnosed with ADHD when I was younger, so I used to use that term like ADHD culture, but I would say the less the clicks, the better for conversion rate. But I'd also say what I've seen, where I've seen checkouts drop off tremendously is the longer the forms or the multi-stage process for checkout, Mm. typically the more complex. So you already mentioned Shopify. It depends on the platform, right? Some platforms, you eligible to implement the one-click buy with Amazon, Amazon account. And then other forms, it's PayPal, and there's tons of different variations. I've seen some things fall apart when it's like shipping calculators, and they're just right. broken, and now all of a sudden you're paying $2,200 for shipping for right. shoes. So I just think the more added complexity, not only the less likely that you're going to have a higher conversion rate, but also mm-hmm. the more likely something is to break. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm curious too, because it's a trending topic right now with everyone talking about AI and chat GPT. What are your beliefs in regards to AI and SEO? Can Google detect if a blog is written by AI or what's the current status of that with AI and SEO? Sure. It's a huge topic. We actually just had a meeting on this morning. What does that mean for long form content creation? Mm. And so I guess I'd have a piece of advice at this time right now. This episode is released and of course that can change based mm-hmm. on the evolution of chat gtp and more so let's start with what google says google says do not use ai generated content it's against our guidelines right so they also say don't buy backlinks but technically if you go to inc 500 or inc 5000 and you have to pay five thousand dollars to have your article published kind of buying a backlink yeah and there's nothing against doing that so there's always gray area So I'll just leave that to your imagination. What I would say, though, is they say don't do this, 
And back in the day, people used to, I don't know if you remember content spinners, but like you could upload chapters and chapters of content and then have this little bot spin out the synonyms and stuff like that. Right. Very easily detectable, by the way. And it wouldn't even pass CopyScape. Is this content found on any other site? With ChatGTP, you can bet we're testing it. Right. Like I'm running it through CopyScape. I'm running it through this, right. that, and the other. So far, a lot of that is not identifiable. So just wow. at the time that this is recorded, it's not identifiable. A lot of these platforms are trying to figure out what is an AI signature we could put on content mm. for safety. Right. If this continues to grow at the rate that it's growing right now, right. where could this be in the future? Are mm -hmm. content writers out of business? And then our artists, right? People like one of them around the Springs here made Reddit. From mm. age, they won the art contest and it was AI generated. Wow. That is crazy. So I say... How I encourage people to use it? Absolutely. Yeah. Use it, but also have human oversight and maybe change things around to edit it to make sure that it represents right. your voice. So. How are you determining if Google can detect that it was written by AI or not? I feel like that's going to be a common question for a lot of people that are trying to generate content with AI. Yeah. Right now, there is not a well-proven way or a single stop, basically a single platform to use that is 100% accurate that would say mm -hmm. yes or no, this has been generated. Most of the content that I've seen that I've tested from ChatGTP is fully unique and it uses learning and open source. And I believe from what I've heard over a billion data points and more for this machine learning for that portion, but simple tools, you guys can run it. Anybody can run it through copy. That's one of the companies right. we used to use back in the day, just to make sure that it wasn't stolen content. But as of right now, I think Google's kind of flexing, Hey, don't yeah. do this, but I've not seen like, how do you know? Yeah. How do you <laughs> so, know? Wow. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. I'm curious, are you using AI right now to generate ads? What do you see as the future of that? Are we just going to be able to generate 3,000 different iterations of an ad and test it on Facebook and Instagram and all these different ad platforms? I mean, what do you see as the conversions between ad copy and images and AI? 100% using it. We are not, as a company, because I run a digital marketing firm right now as well, based on mm -hmm. Denver Nuclear Networking, as you referenced. So I'm going to speak on behalf of the organization. I can tell you personally, because I'm a nerd, absolutely running those variations. You can tell, as an example, we, since we're talking about chat GTP, I need a thousand word long form content about roofing companies in Denver. Mm. Done. Right. And it's exactly a thousand words. Right. I need 120 characters so that this is Twitter friendly or ad friendly. Right. I need to be optimized for these keywords. Definitely doing that and definitely worth, all of this is with human oversight, but nuclear outside of client facing, we've already developed link building and AI, basically AI led link building platforms, image optimization platforms, right. with natural language processing period with the top three global databases for image based AI. So this is not foreign to us, but where could it go? I think you're right. I do think that people will be able to generate variations of highly optimized ad content because the data sets, there's just so many data sets that it has. Right. From. Mm -hmm. I do think that Scary or not. Yeah. I think what you can't replace is human strategy and customer service. And so I think that some, uh, once links or content criteria and more is able to be generated, I think what people are really going to be paying for is thought partnership. That'll be Got what it. agencies provide. It's like a human that can right. direct you. Yeah. Make, 
Makes sense. Super interesting. I want to move to a different segment around M&A because I saw in your bio, you've done a lot of different M&A type of transactions. And I'm curious, it seems like one of those was involved in the kind of e-commerce or luxury goods space and want to learn more about your experience with M&A and if you can share what that business or product was and how the deal went down. I know our audience would be super interested. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Luxury retail. And by the way, if I'm deviating, I've got several experiences, so just let me know and I can share a different story. But here's a model I've really been exploring that I love. And when we talk about M&A, obviously for the listeners, mergers and acquisitions, that's the activity of buying and selling companies, right? And if you have an e-com company, as an example, and you're looking to, one of the things that you're going to want to look at right out of the gate, and you can talk to a business broker, you can talk to an M&A firm and more. What are other companies in my space selling for? Just like houses and real estate is called holding comps. Typically those are in most space valued based on EBITDA, right? Or for, if we don't want to go into depreciation more like net profit as unadjusted, it's like right. we can so net profit. Maybe you make 1 million bucks a year and you're doing 10 million top line. So it's like, okay. In these spaces, a service industry like mine, as an example, might be evaluated at three to six X multiples, which mm-hmm. is essentially you just take three to six times. So maybe a $6 million company. And so, with the luxury goods and luxury products, I basically, right before COVID, met a phenomenal operator. I think mm-hmm. that this is still key to succeeding in business, but this person was in hot tubs. Wow. And so okay. that's a really, for me, like, I don't know anything about hot tubs actually, but basically this person's in hot tubs. They've been in the hot tub industry for quite some time. I had experience marketing hot tubs mm. and basically, and this is in another state, I'm going to keep it anonymous, but essentially. I started doing, I have access to tons of tools, right? Keyword research, search volume, competition. I'm like, who needs hot tubs? In this right. <laughs> yeah. It's out in this one little town, had 14,000 people looking for hot tubs. Wow. And nobody's there to service them. So I'm like, we can snap our fingers, create a brand, rank first, immediately have access to 14,000 members looking for hot tubs. So That's we awesome. And we actually ended up growing this company to 2.6 million in under two years. Wow. And from an M&A side, what I'll tell people out there that are kind of thinking and conceptualizing what do I want to build? Right. If you have two solid years of financials, you have to qualify for SBA loans. Mm. And the reason that's important is because if you have partners, business partners, they can actually buy you out. And they can do so at a 10-year, really low APR SBA loan rate. And so my M&A model just... One of the models I really like is find a quality operator, make sure you're doing your research and make sure you have a valuable product that you're selling. And then basically just market, reinvest everything you possibly can for that next two years back into the business, grow it as quick as you can and get mm-hmm. the best valuation. And essentially wow. you're helping that operator run a multi-million dollar yeah. business instantly. That's awesome. You're giving them the vehicle to buy you out. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's, it's really interesting because I feel like so many e-commerce brands feel like they have to go to a different buyer, strategic buyer, or go through like a brokerage and take that route. And it seems like so many people start with a partner anyway, and it's why not get bought out by your partner? I'm curious, how did you even find that niche of hot tubs in this small town? I feel like in this market, it's like really hard to find a good business to buy. There's obviously a lot of marketplaces online, yeah. but... I think those marketplaces are either very competitive or just don't have a high quality of business offerings. Yeah, I'm not certain that I'm doing it perfectly, but the way that I've been doing it is if you're absolutely short of ideas, you can sign up for mailers, or buy, sell, or buy, this sell, or get this right. backwards. 
There's transworld.com. There's a lot of different places like selling SMBs through a marketing, because I obviously a marketing nerd. Right. I, for is I actually look at my local community. I'm like, how many operators do I know? How many personal mm -hmm. friends that would work their butt off to succeed no matter what? These are your diehards, like quality work ethic. Totally. Like that's the first thing I look for. And then I'm like, what are they doing? Are they right. selling roofs right now? Are they selling hot tubs? Are they doing X, Y, or Z? I start using my own tools. Do you care if I mention tools? Here? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Standard marketing tools are open-ended, but like AREFs. So it's A-H-R-E-F-S, Google Keyword Planner. Start looking at these tools. And so this person lives in this town. Right. Is anyone looking for what you're doing in this town? Because right now they're employed. Right. But if they ran their own company, what would that look like? So I find quality people, just to be honest, I don't have the bandwidth of time to run 28 different companies. Yeah. <laughs> I need people I can trust with quality work ethic, right? So that's how I've been doing it. But you, you could just wait and get on email lists of businesses that are for sale and then run those business products through right. a plan and see if you find any really highly searched terms that are right. competition. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. That's exactly. awesome. That's cool. I love that insight. I feel like so many people forget that they can take a product that works in one area and apply it to somewhere else. So I feel like that's that formula. Tyler, I really appreciate you coming on e-commerce on tap. Where can people find you or get in touch? Sure. Tyler at nuclearnetworking.com. Happy to chat with you, give you any free insight, add value, or just open conversation. And if you're local, happy to grab a coffee or a beer. <laughs> so. Sounds good. Yeah, exactly. Thanks again, Tyler. It was a pleasure having you on e-commerce on tap.